It's time for the Southeast Super League Podcast. The home of all things Super all League. Things Super League. Hey guys, this is Mitch Creek from the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. You're listening to the Southeast Super League Podcast. Proudly sponsored by Horn Industrial Coatings. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Super League Podcast. This is Dale Taylor and I am joined by Tristan Blacker, once again, the commish. Commish Tristan, how are you? Very well, mate. Very well. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm uh, I'm psyched. You know, today uh, we're, we're getting to do the podcast a little bit early, which uh, which I'm excited about because um, it's all still very fresh in uh, in my mind, and uh, and we get to discuss it, get it out there long before uh, long before next round. But we we had our crossover games um, on Monday and Tuesday, and it was uh, it didn't disappoint. There was there was a couple of upset uh, victories but um for the most part some very competitive games and some good action good crowds and everything else yeah it was wicked i uh, first crossovers for the season as you said uh i wasn't too sure what to expect um i was hoping for some close games there was i was hoping for some upsets there was um but there was from you know a, a number of players uh, there was some very good individual efforts as well and uh, over the two nights, I had an absolute blast, as did uh, a lot of our players. Yeah, I was sort of a little bit upset that we didn't get any overtime games because that's uh, that's my thing. I'm, I'm all about it. Yep. Uh, but uh, look, there was some really close competitive games and that's the that's the main thing. Um, and why don't we just uh, why don't we just jump straight into to some of this action and break some of it down? Let's let's dive straight on in. And on the Monday night, we had the Hackaway Two Cans forty four uh, going down to that Cranbourne Bucks sixty one. Uh, they opened opened the night, and um, it was a it was a, a good game for the for, for the most part. Uh, aside from the Bucks kind of running away with it in the end, it was a bloodbath. It was a bloodbath. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I was expecting this game. I, I came came into this game thinking this is going to be like a really good hard fought close game, uh, yep. and the two cans they they sort of just didn't really deliver to my expectations. They they disappointed me. No, they they didn't shoot too well. Um, I think it was off the back of some really good defense by the Bucks, but um, it was it was probably led uh, by Timmy Morgan. Uh, that man did whatever he liked in that game. He had unbelievable stats. He had 26 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, he had four assists, two steals, and two blocks. He just tore the two cans apart. He was on a mission. Uh, you could really tell that he was out to, to get the win, and, uh, and that's exactly what he did. He shot the ball at 50%, and, uh, yep. and, and he, he actually... I thought he shot the three ball really well, um, but yeah. I must have just been looking, you know, every time he made one because, you know, every time I looked up, he was he was sinking a three. But, um, you know, he, yeah, he, he was, did really he well. Three from 12 from the three-point line. Yeah. And uh, I thought I'd Jacob Begg. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'd take that. <laughs> old, Jacob Begg. Old peg leg Begg had another cracker as well, 21 points and 
nine. I'm ready. You've got a steal in there as well. Nine rebounds is not bad when you're three foot nine. I reckon that's pretty impressive. And this. It is. I mean, well, look at how scary is that? That um, Becky and Timmy <laughs> combined for 19 rebounds. Bloody unheard of. <laughs> they all they all rebounded really well, though. Um, you know, that was probably one of one of their strongest suits. You know, like Liam McDonald had 10 rebounds. Um, Jordan Hendricks had nine. Um, yeah, they they just rebounded the ball really well. Pete Davis had 11 as well. So um, an all round uh, good effort by the Bucks. Uh, Peter Davy had five rebounds as well. Yeah, Peter Davy had an interesting game. He had the eleven rebounds, like you said. He had four steals yeah. and five assists as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, he, uh, shot he, the... he shot. Imagine he shot a little bit better because he only shot the ball at seven percent. It was one of fourteen, um, and and one one from nine from deep. So if he'd um, if he'd you know put on a little a few extra points. He definitely would have been on the player of the week watch. Yeah, and and you know, one from fourteen. That's actually seven years before I started losing my hair. <laughs> yeah, a good seven years before you uh, lost all your hair. <laughs> you prick. Uh, the the two cans. Very impressive. Um, well, not so impressive, but impressive outing from from Logan Mills. Twenty points, yeah. eighteen rebounds. Um, but yeah. the only player to score in double figures. Yeah, um, the, the second best was um, JT Justin Temby with six. So you know, they didn't shoot the ball overly well uh, at twenty-two percent. So you know, there's a few players within that team that you definitely want shooting a little bit better. Mitchy Ryle, uh, who we're going to be talking about a little bit later on, was zero from six. Uh, That's Benji disgusting. Coco, one of our that's yeah, it was pretty horrific. Uh, Benji Coco, one of our favourite three-point shooters, was zero from five from deep. Uh, so yeah, just a, an off-shooting night. But I think it it was attributed to the Cranbourne Bucks playing some very good defence. Yeah, I think I think the Bucks looked really good, mate. And I think um, you know I think they're going to be right there uh, come finals time and and pushing for a for a championship because. What I've seen early is is very very good. Yeah, spot on. Uh, one thing, one game that really did uh, got the eyebrows raising from from a lot of people from both the Monday and Tuesday night was our second game, DT, and it was the Belgrave Mumbers at twenty six getting absolutely thumped uh, by the Cardinia Crocs fifty one. Uh, Juddy wasn't playing, Tommy Welsh, he was missing for the Mumbers, otherwise they had a full strength squad, uh, but the, the Crocs did what they liked. Yeah, and look, I, it didn't feel like there was a, it was a 25-point game, and, and probably for the most part it wasn't, but um, you could see that the Crocs were pretty well in control after the first half. Um, you know, the, the Mumbers sort of kept up early, but uh, I, th- I feel like, you know, Cam Scott sort of ended up with you know not enough in the tank i guess to to keep it going because the crocs were really all over them uh defensively and and did a did a great job of putting the brakes on them they really missed tommy walsh i felt yeah yeah spot on tommy was uh tommy was very much missed in this in this game particular but again credit to the crocs they're they're playing you know all eight players uh, are having a part they're playing a, a good brand of basketball you know they're 
they're working hard and you know they're playing for each other defensively and then they're getting out and running in trams led by uh the badger uh and sergio serge you know those boys are getting out and, ha- and running and, and spezza as well and you know getting some open looks but they're also you know they have that ability to really settle from an offensive standpoint and, and swing that ball and and look for um Look for their inside and, and shooters, and the shooters that really stood out on the on the night was uh, their fearless GM in Dan Stowe, finishing with five of six from deep, eighty three point three percent. That was that was a bit of a spectacle, if I'm completely honest. Like he hit three threes in in one quarter, at least that I saw, and uh, the third one was was a buzzer beater, and it sort of the, the crowd erupted. And uh, yeah, I, well, I saw yeah. Stowey over there putting the landing gear down like Jason Terry. Yes, uh, he did. It was, it was cool. I really enjoyed it. Um, and he's he's one of those players, once he gets going, he, he really is hard to stop. And um, and people people rally around him too. He, um, he really did embrace Jason Terry that night, didn't he? Because I even saw a little bit of a prayer, I think, uh, mid-game. He was uh, praying to the man upstairs, which obviously helped him. So, <laughs> a couple of couple of little points up to the sky, and you know the landing gear, and it was, um, yeah, very very good effort. Well, well, he led all players uh, that that didn't uh, that that missed any shots for the round. So he he shot the highest percentage of anyone for the round. Uh, yeah. 83% shooting. Isn't that ridiculous? And he didn't go in the key. Yeah. Insane. And and just actually, just to flick back onto the numbers there, they, they, they were held to 21% from the field. So uh, I think just just on that Crocs defense, just a just a ripping effort from those guys. Um, you know, Shane, Shane Badger, I thought was fantastic on the defensive end. Uh, I think Billy actually I saw, you know, really shifting his feet and, and getting in front of people. I think the athleticism of Adam Rawlings is really good. Um, and yep. then you've got the the really clever guys like Dan and Jay, uh, sort of holding things down as well. Um, it's just a it's just a really well balanced team when you look at it, and um, they're a pleasure to watch. Yeah, they are. They're um, they're definitely uh, raising some eyebrows at the minute. Spez uh, went off in the second half. He had, he finished with uh, eighteen points and ten or twelve rebounds. Shot the ball at fifty percent. Yeah, I, I don't think he had many points in the first half. And uh, him and I were having a bit of a chat after the game, and yeah, he said that he um, he was struggling a bit in the first, but really lit it up in the second, which was exactly what the Crocs needed. Yeah, didn't he just? Uh, the next game of the night was the Druin Dragons and the Narnagoon Bulldogs. This one was a, a topsy-turvy game. The lead sort of um, it, it sort of tossed and turned a little bit, but it was the Bulldogs getting up in the end, 53 to 42, uh, and yep. it was it was behind another uh, another good game by Pete Kennedy, but also Rob Middleton. Yep. No, it was a well, it was an all-round good game from from both teams. This was. Uh, this was probably one of the, the better games of the night, uh, aside from the last game, BT, which we'll get to. But it was really good to see, you know, the likes of Rob Middleton, Pete Kennedy, uh, Jeff Reed, all um, all starting to knock some shots from deep. Um, 
when these guys play the way they did on the Monday night, you know, that's, it goes a long way for them, you know, this season to winning more games. So I thought they were really good. I thought Carl was really good inside, um, using him on the high post to distribute through and, and then look for those wings. Uh, yeah, they played they played really well and um, got the truckies. They've they've got a bit of a, a Reapers last season feel about them where, where they're all balanced. They're all taking a decent amount of shots and uh, and everything's yeah. sort of you know reasonably well balanced it's got a good feel to it yeah it does and I, I honestly think that they can uh, win more games than they lose for the rest of the season if they if they keep that mentality and play the way they had uh, I was disappointing to see Drizzy uh, go down he only played a couple of minutes and he uh, he hurt his lower back so he was he was out for the majority of it but um, otherwise the uh, the Bulldogs are really good, but in saying that, not to discredit the Drew and Dragons, because I thought this was probably one of their better games. Uh, I thought they played really well. Flanners was phenomenal. Uh, he, he was kind of getting back to his offensive best. He finished with 14 points and seven boards, uh, and, and he hit some big shots when uh, when they needed it. But yeah, this um, I wasn't sure about this Dragons team coming into the season, but they're probably one of my more favourite teams to watch because you know they kind of all play for each other and. They're in every single game, uh, uh, just at the minute, not closing it out as uh, as they'd like to. Yeah, and I think if you add, you know, AD Sanchez into that game, that's a that's a really close game. I think. Um, yeah. You know, Flanners, like you said, played really well, looked really aggressive, very promising signs from him. Uh, I thought Katuziak was good as well. Uh, Reese Ainsworth yeah. with with a couple of big threes, uh, especially in that first half. I'm pretty sure. To bring them back, um, you know, they were down. They were down uh, in the first or second quarter, and I walked in. Uh, I went out to the car to grab a water out of the car, and uh, came back. Yeah. And um, you know, the the Drew and Dragons are in front by six or eight points. So I was like, "What happened here?" Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I think they're they're going to be a team to watch um, for for scoring in bunches and and really uh, putting some pressure on the scoreboard as well. Like they can they can light it up when they need to. Yeah, hundred percent. I I don't disagree. And I also think um, you know a lot of players should probably take a leaf out of your book, Dale, and you know really hydrating after the games. You know having those waters in the car because um, that's a good look. Uh, and you know we want to make sure that our bodies. Uh, yeah, rehabs as quick as possible. Uh, getting it, those waters into you. It was a it was a six hundred mil water that I got from a <laughs> Macca's meal early in the day, which I <laughs> I didn't use. But I thought, oh shit, I probably better better get some of that into me before the game. And uh, yeah, it paid off. I like how you go and get. I like how you go and get Macca's and think I'll do the water and I'll be a little yeah. healthy. Yeah, yeah, I've had about 5,000 calories in a burger. Let me just get a water so that I'm balancing things out. You know, it's basically healthy. I love it. Uh, So the final game of the night was the Bayside Reapers and the Coralin Camels. Uh, Yeah. I don't know about you, but this this game felt like the game of the night. It It was closely contested the whole way through, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. It was a, it was an absolute cracker. Uh, your Bayside Reapers got up 58 to 55, and uh, the three points that got you over the line come with about two, maybe one and a half seconds to go uh, from 
from Westy, Steve West, shoots best. Um, <laughs> and he did exactly that and knocked a buzzer beater to, to win the game. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty big moment, and um, you know, for the most part, he he struggled shooting the ball um, yep. in that game. He but did. you know, when you when you're a shooter, that's what you have to do, and and you got just as much chance to hit one late in a game than than early. So uh, he just let it go, and yeah, got us a win. Let it fly. Now it was it was it was a cracking game. It was played in um, yeah, it was a, it was a. It was played in good stead, I think, for the most part, you know, considering there was, you know, the likes of Dale Taylor's and John Lee's and Morkman's and and blokes like that. Um, You would think that it would be a bit of a bloodbath, but um, it was actually played in really good stead. And um, yeah, it was very enjoyable. I do have to say that uh, Ooh Lockie McGrath hits one of the best passes I've seen in Super League. Uh, he just sliced through, I think, about three uh, Reapers defenders. I can't even remember who he passed to, but um, I just remember thinking, when I go home tonight and hop in the bed, I'm going to be thinking about that pass, and that's exactly what I did. <laughs> Hope you had a good night's sleep, mate. <laughs> no, it was wicked. He also hit a massive three a- as well. Yep, he did. It was 100%. Dan Stowe, 83%. Lockie's done him 100%. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it was a cracking game and um, it was very enjoyable. I would like to see our old mate Dole Donnelly start shooting the ball a little bit better, though. Overall, 18%, which is a bit disgusting. And he was one of 10 from deep. Uh, I think he can do a lot better and um, I'm sure that he will in coming weeks. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because he's he was trash talking at an all star level. Um, he, <laughs> he was absolutely letting us have it, um, and I was able to I was able to hit a couple of shots, and so I, I you know I was feeling good at the time, and I, so I just I just let him have it. He was confident from all angles. He was he was saying stuff like "You can't guard me," and I'm like, "We don't even need to." And uh, like, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, man. Because like, like Joel, as much as he hands it out, he can cop it just as well. So he's a he does. He's a fun I fun I player. Used to, I was watching you used to go at it. I actually don't know what Joel likes more: talking it up and getting in players' ears, or having people get in his head. Like, it's, it's one of these <laughs> one of these strange breeds that just eats it up, regardless of who's dishing it out. Oh, I love him. He's one of my favourite players uh, to play at Super League because, uh, yeah, he's just a lot of fun, man. Yeah, it's just it's just disappointing that he's starting to drop uh, drop down the um, you know the the ranks as far as drafting concerned. Um, yeah, I think I think can... GMs look to grab him in maybe the third or fourth round next season. Yeah, yeah, spot on. It'd be good if Dylan or Noah, his uh, better basketball playing brothers, would come to Super League because then we'd have a Donnelly that could go in the first round, but. Uh, not the case. They're uh, they're off playing in, in other leagues, but um, uh, we'll just yeah. It's just it's just something that happens, I guess, from time to time. Yeah, you start uh, to slip. Well, Kurt Kurt Lazaro got off the leash. We we had we had a lot of yep. attention on uh, on Joel Donnelly and Kurt yep. Lazaro really torched us uh, with his with his driving ability and and finishing at the ring. He was he was really impressive. Uh, he finished with twenty one and five. Uh, I was playing on one leg too for the most of it. His ankle still wasn't great. Uh, well, he he's he looked around for a bit. 
Yeah, yeah, I wish I, I wish I played that. <laughs> I thought um, I thought most of their guys played terrifically. I, you know, new addition Kyle Glover, very good. Yeah, seven points. Yep. Um, sort of wasn't really looking to attack probably as as much as he will in future weeks, but he's just sort of finding his feet. I thought he was still very good. I thought Eli was very good on both ends of the floor. Yep. Yep, I agree. Uh, he even joined in a bit of the trash talk towards the end there, which I was uh, I was less impressed with. But uh, but he was uh, he was terrific. I, I actually he was guarding me towards the end, and I, I didn't like it at all. So um, <laughs> I, I think the camels are under something with uh, with Eli being one of their their main defenders. So yeah, yeah spot on. I think for our guys, there was a, there was a lot of promising signs. Uh, we didn't do everything perfect. I thought our defence in the the first quarter was less than impressive, but uh, I, I did have a bit of a moment in a timeout. We uh, we brought things together and and we were able to defend a lot better for the rest of the game. Actually, that's one thing we've really missed in the Dragons game. Uh, Lucas Plaza called timeout, and I swear he could be heard from uh, from Berwick. Uh, he was. He got his well, dad he voice on. Fair old spray, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He got his dad voice on and let him have it. I loved it. It was great. It was like full footy coach style. He did, and it was. Uh, it was somewhat exciting. Old Daddy was <laughs> big Daddy Dragon. We can't call him that anymore. No, we can't. We can't. Uh, anyway, so, so I, I digress. Back, back, back to the game. Uh, I thought um, I thought Jared was was good as always. He had twelve and eight, uh, shooting the ball efficiently as always, forty three percent. I thought Craig Drew did a did a terrific job on the defensive end. He also dished out five assists, had eight points. Uh, Bailey hit a couple of good shots. Matty Basilios was terrific. He hit a couple of big shots late, um, and then obviously West. Hit a couple of shots, DT. Oh, okay. it was. Yeah, I, from, from deep, three from four. I think I did all of that in the second quarter. I subbed on uh, in the start of the second and uh, did that, <laughs> and that was it. Let Joel have it, and then uh, and that was it. So, yeah, it was good. Good to make up for last week when uh, when I was uh, absolutely shamed Disgusting. about my business. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, yeah. that um, that kind of rounds up the, uh, the the first line of crossovers on the Monday night. Uh, what we're going to do? We're going to go to a, an ad break and come back uh, after a word from our sponsors. Horn Industrial Coatings offer you the best quality in epoxy floor coverings. Whether it's a factory floor, showroom, garage or outdoor basketball court, Horn Industrial Coatings will have you covered. Their products are designed to be hard wearing and are suitable for foot traffic and even vehicle traffic. With over 20 years of experience, Dean and the crew at Horn Industrial Coatings will make sure your flooring is finished to the highest standard. Get in contact for a free quote at www.hornindustrialcoatings.com.au And we are back, DT, for the next lot of crossovers, uh, the Tuesday night competition. Well, it's not really the Tuesday night competition. It was the games that were played on the Tuesday night. Uh, the first game was the Hampton Park Blazers 
35, taking down the Tainong Tornadoes 18 in what was the lowest Super League score in Super League history. I've seen under 10s games with higher scores than this. <laughs> um, yeah, it was um, it was a tough, tough, tough night for the, uh, the Tornadoes. They only had five players. Uh, they were missing a few. But, Including um, their GM. He, he got stuck yeah. in traffic. Yeah, he did. He did was, he make uh, it there at all? No. He, no. he was... Uh, it was a no-show. We were stuck in traffic. Turned around at Springvale um, Road and went home. Yeah, pretty much. They uh, they shot the ball at 18%, 18 points. Um, yeah, but uh, not much really to, to report on there. They uh, they definitely had a tough night. No one in double figures. Um, Mike Stewart had 14 rebounds. Uh, that was about it. Um, the Blazers, on the other hand, they played you know, pretty good. Uh, they had Scott Elliott in their squad um, this time around in his, in his first game since being... And uh, it was pretty much an all-round effort uh, led by Corey Nagel, who had 17 points and eight rebounds. What I'm noticing here is with this Hampton Park Blazers team, it seems to be one week it's Corey Nagel playing very well and Kyle Nagel being kind of quiet and then the next week it's Kyle Nagel having a very good game and Corey Nagel's done next to nothing. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I don't know what the dynamic is, but uh, it seems like when they need a, when they need baskets, at least one of them's, you know, turning on all cylinders. Well, look, uh, I don't disagree with you on that because that's been the, the, the common trend for most of the season, but there was one game uh, when they played against my Bears where... <laughs> <laughs> uh, they had bulk points, but yeah, it's um, they're just sharing the load at the minute. Uh, just going, just going about their business, you know, in a quiet manner. Uh, they they've lost a couple of games that they probably should have won, and like I, I, I said a couple of times, I really like this team, and I definitely think that um, they're an outfit for the Monday night. They can definitely play finals uh, and go really deep into finals uh, when when it comes about. You froth them. You froth the Blazers. I do like a good bagel. <laughs> it's another interesting one when you talk about Scotty, Scotty Elliott. So, um, you know, obviously first game after the trade and his stat line looks a lot quieter than what we've been seeing for the Camels. So he's yeah. obviously going to take a, a couple of weeks to probably adjust and, and work out where he's going to fit, but hopefully he can get his rebounding back up and, and, and put points back yeah. on the board too because, I mean, he was he was very effective for the Camels. Yeah, spot on. And, and like I said um, to him in the lead-up to the game, I, I said I think it's a very good fit. That uh, yeah, you're at the Blazers, you know, especially with Bojack and, and Scotty McQuillan um, from a rebounding standpoint. So once those guys, um, you know, get together and, and get an understanding of how each other plays, I think, uh, I think they'll do really well. Yeah. All right, so the next game of the night, Tristan, uh, was the Dandy Ducks taking on your Emerald Bears, 52 to yep. 37. Tell me about the game, yep. mate. Uh, uh, we were we were just outmanned and outgunned, I think. No Kiwi Cam, which uh, made it pretty difficult inside, you know, coming up against the likes of Rod Green and Corey Brumry and Jake Connor and the schnoz and all of them trav cold day so they get out rebounded us uh, tenfold they ain't 
They had a good 12, 14 plus rebounds than us. Uh, they shot the ball a hell of a lot better than us uh, by nearly 20%. We shot the ball at 21%. And they were, yeah, at 40. So, yeah, they just, they just outdid us. We had a little patch there in the fourth uh, where we pressed a little bit and got back in it within about seven. Um, but then, yeah, they ran away with it again. Uh, seeing the Ducks firsthand, they're a very, very good Tuesday night team. And uh, if they keep playing the way they're playing, I think... Um, yeah, they're another team that's going to go pretty deep in finals. I, I think they're one of the best as well. Um, you know, when you when you roll out on the court against them, they're all so big and they're all so long. Uh, yeah. it, it does create yep. a problem because, you know, like you've got, it's not just they're big and long, but like they're guys that can stay in front of people as well. Like, you know, Broad Green, Matt Bray, Trav Blackney, they're all people that can really stay in front of, uh, of, of you know, guys and, Makes it hard. Well, it was it was a tough game. It was a tough game. Um, yeah, the, it was. Yeah, you just, it was like a pinball, you know, trying to get a rebound in there with Broad and, and uh, Corey and, and Jakey. Uh, Broad's Broad from an offensive standpoint, that was phenomenal. His footwork and his ability to attack the bucket um, is first class. So yeah, I felt like I had concrete boots on um, a, a few times when I had to try and guard him on the low post. Uh, uh, yeah, a, a good all-rounder team, and, and they're just quite level-headed as well for the most part. Um, they know where each other are on the floor and. Um, yeah, just did a number on us. Gee, that's uh, that's something that I never thought that I would hear you say about the Dandy Ducks. Level-headed. Yeah, no, they, they definitely were against us. After man. Wow, that's uh, that's impressive. I mean, you do realise they've got names like Trav Blackney and John O'Bray on the team, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, John O'Bray is just. I think is he. What, who is John O'Bray to them? Is he their mascot? Is their cheerleader? <laughs> Like, he's like Benny the Bull. He gets out there at halftime and throws popcorn <laughs> yeah. on everything. Yeah, has his little jersey on over his little <laughs> jumper. So you know he's he's a cute kid. Tell me about the schnoz, Matty Bray. Um, oh, he's very attractive, uh, very expensive nose. But outside of that, he um, yeah he tore us apart. Twenty two points, thirteen rebounds, a couple of steals. I mean, he had a few assists in there as well. Um, yeah, shot the ball, shot the ball okay, uh, about fifty percent. Yeah, pretty really, good. Between pretty him, good. him and Broad, just inside, they just yeah did a number on us. The um, I reckon Matt Bray is probably having the best season we've seen him have in Super League so far. He's been very, very effective. Yeah, I would, I would disagree with that, mate. He's um, and he just gets about his business. It's quite funny, like you, you see him on the floor and. He's always running and gunning, and you know, you've seen him knock a few shots, and then you, you look at the stats at the end of the game, and you think, yeah, he, he just sliced us up. Um, yeah, and there's, there's probably a lot more uh, development that he can have in, in, his, in his Super League game this season as well. So, yeah, I'll be watching him uh, pretty intently. The Emerald Bears, Lee Belton, 17 points, six rebounds. Uh, struggled shooting the ball a little bit on the night. Yeah. Uh, the, their second leading scorer, T Blacker, 11 points. Yeah, five it kind, from of 12. Shows you how, it kind of shows you how much we're struggling <laughs> on Tuesday night. No, yeah, yeah, I, I, a lot of middies I, I, there. I'm, I'm tipping some good middies, some good baseline. Yeah, yeah, got some. 
couple of little uh, middies there. There was a nice one on Corey Brumby, um, which I did enjoy. But yeah, we just as a, as a group just shot the ball poorly. Uh, Thirteen of sixty-two um, wasn't great. Steph Harris zero from seven. Uh, Craig McGrath zero from six. Brady Herman zero from five. Uh, Lee Belton three from seventeen from deep. So yeah, it's gonna happen. You know, the, um, we've been talking about Brady being such an important part of that offense uh, for the first few weeks. To see yeah. him go zero from five uh, was a bit of a surprise for me. I, I, I thought yeah. even even if he went zero from ten, um, you know, it was a. I would have thought he, he might have chucked up a few more shots. No one really, no one really sort of got too many shots. No, look, to be completely honest with you. Um, it was lovely to score 11 points, but I was probably out there trying to jack up too much crap than what I should have, you know, being five of 12. So a lot of those shots probably should have gone to him. Uh, a lot of those shots probably could have gone to Greggy uh, as well. He was only three of 11. So uh, although Brady didn't get enough shots up for us in this particular game, he was pretty solid defensively. Uh, he had six rebounds, which I think probably should have been a little bit more. And three steals, um, you know, he's a, He's a pretty big body uh, when you get up close to him. And I think from a defensive standpoint, he, he did work really hard and that was probably his main focus for the game. Yeah, I'm a big fan this season. Um, pre- previous seasons, he, he was a bit more lean uh, and probably not yep. as focused. But this this season, he, he seems very very focused on, on playing good basketball and, and for the most part, he's done just that. Yeah, yeah. Spot on. Spot on. The next game of the night, Tristan, was the Turin Kraken smacking the Penguins, uh, 60 to 40. This is a kind of a bit of a surprise. I thought this was going to be a close game. Uh, I don't know. Like um, there was a few blowouts in this in this crossover round, and, and yeah, uh, I didn't expect it to be. Um, I didn't expect it to be a, a 20 point drumming. Um, but I'm pretty sure I did tip the Kraken, did I not, Dale? Uh, if you refer back to the last podcast. Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure you tipped an overtime game as well that ended up being a spanking. But we won't mention that, uh, of course, because that would be rude. Let's just, uh, let's just play my percentages, can we? Um, <laughs> and I tipped the Kraken in this game and they won. I think I might have said off air that Cooper Lanting was going to drop about 30 points and he's done that as well. So. Did, you, did you mention about seven rebounds as well by any chance? Yeah, it was about that. I think it was a good. I said he was going to get close to a double double. More th- more than six, but probably less than eight. I'm pretty sure I heard you say. <laughs> that is correct. No, they were they were phenomenal, and it was led by um, the all round better landing in Coop. He had 30 points, seven rebounds, a few assists. Uh, it was phenomenal. Uh, the the just this young team just got it got out and you know running gun and. And got some some really easy points in trans, and you know they they shot the ball relatively well, you know across the field at thirty seven percent, which is not horrible. Uh, they just they just played together as a team, and they worked together as a team, and the the end result kind of showed itself. The Kraken experiment is going very very well, and. Cooper Lanting, fun fact, is leading all scorers in the league at about 23 points a game. Yeah, he's doing very well. You want to want to know another little stat uh, that the Lanting family might like to like to know? On 
Tuesday night, Cooper Landing scored 30 points, and that's the actual total of his other two brothers in their Super League history combined. So he's so just, all three Lanting uh, brothers combined for 30 points. <laughs> <laughs> we could do that like the Jay, the Jay Richo and and uh, Stowie thing, where we uh, we combine yeah. all Lanting yeah. stats. Yeah, that is just. Um, I don't want to keep harping on on how much better than he is and his brothers, but <laughs> these stats just kind of show it, don't they? I reckon if if I was taking all three landings to Fountain Gate, I'd buy Cooper a donut, and I'd say, "Sorry, guys, there's not enough money to buy you guys a donut. You just." <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. Very good. Uh, uh, Joey Nativo. What about Joey? He made double figures. He had eleven points. He had. Uh, he had four steals in the game, uh, and he shot the ball at forty-four percent. Bit of old, uh, bit of bit of form returning back for for Joey. Yeah, no, he's doing well. I um, missed Morris journey. Uh, was phenomenal again. Just shy of that double double. I keep getting in his ear. Uh, maybe I'm going to have to start screaming at him a little bit louder. But he had seven and eight, uh, and he was very influential on the boards. Old Christopher. GM Lugman, a little bit quieter this game, but um, I think he just let his his young guns, you know, get out there and run and do their thing. He had four and two. Uh, Dan Whitfield, a little bit quieter than last week, but was still very influential on the defensive end. He was had seven and five. You know, so they won this game by twenty points. You'd have to assume that they are well in control of this game, right? Yep. I would love to see the tower and big Jackie boy out there just carving up at least the last quarter and getting uh, getting a good uh, getting a good serve. Um, yeah. Perhaps perhaps something to think about in weeks ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're um, they're two blokes that know you know how to handle the inside of the paint from a, a defensive and offensive standpoint. I don't think Starkey could out-rebound the tower. There's no way. No. I ran into the tower the other week. As in physically, or you met him him out in (laughs) public somewhere? No. No, I ran into the back of him. Um, It hurt. It hurt a lot. Uh, um, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm pretty sure he walked into a a street pole once and the street pole fell over. (laughs) The street pole said sorry. (laughs) (laughs) He's a very, very strong man, and uh, yeah, I think uh, I think those boys could could use the services of a big, especially screening the likes of you know, Coop and, and Dan Whitfield coming off those screens. I mean, good luck trying to get around those. I think. Um, I yeah, think that's that looks that that's, that's exactly it. But I want to read. A very, very bizarre stat for you that you don't see all that often. The Kraken won by 20 points. Uh, um, the Penguins had six more shooting attempts. Mm. So they were they were definitely in it. It just comes down to their shooting efficiency uh, and I think the Kraken's defense. So, you know, going one of 17 from deep didn't help. Um, and you know, shooting the ball, oh. shooting eighteen from sixty, six percent from deep. Yeah, that is not good. Well, yeah, like, you know, like good. you look at that, it's 
it's pretty funny looking at Starkey having 11 and 13 and, and classifying that as a bit of a quiet game. Um, yeah. You know, he'll, he'll definitely I'd have that any day of the week. Some, yeah, yeah, spot on, spot on. <laughs> um, Gav Trapnell had about 85 blocks though. Um, he was phenomenal and he finished with a double-double. He had uh, 10 and 11 with three steals uh, and five blocks. What so about Woody was, Webster? He uh, he had probably, I think, his highest scoring game for, for Super League in his Super League career. He had 13 and 7 uh, and he was very, very good. He shot the ball at uh, 66% and um, yeah, he was he was really important for um, me, but it was, um, I think it was pretty tough for, for uh, our old mate, uh, Chrissy Munso. He played 22 seconds. He, he pulled his calf uh, as soon as he got on the floor, pretty much. So. He, uh, he didn't even register a stack, and that was probably a big miss for them. Uh, you know, what he's been able to contribute and achieve within this Penguins team in the first three rounds was, has been really, really big. So I think, you know, missing him for this game was, yeah, it was pretty important. I reckon he must have been watching Cooper Lanting warm up, and uh, Starkey's, <laughs> Starkey's thrown him in the starting five, and he's just, oh, oh, no, nah, me calf, no good. I'm out. Yeah. I reckon yeah, that's, that's something. Out, that's, yeah. I'm not playing Well, I, I was going to do that against Coop, but they ended up going on a family holiday and he didn't play. So I ended up having a bit of a run. But um, look, moving on to the third game of the night, it was the packing them up a unicorns at 62, uh, going down to the Kuirak Koalas at 68. And this was, this was another really, really good game, DT. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, the the koalas getting up in the end, but geez, what a what a fight from the the unicorns and Ben Gaze's first game as a corn. Um, yeah, tipped yep. in seventeen so, points. Hasn't played for a couple of years. So, give, why don't yeah. you give the backstory on Benjamin Gaze? Uh, Benny Gaze. Well, I think his, his surname kind of speaks for itself. He uh, he comes from a bit of a Basketball royalty background family, if you will. Yep. Keep going. Can I? Can I? Did you ask me to tell the story? Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and one of one of Packin' Warriors' uh, best ever players, in, in my opinion, is um, he's actually my favourite player from a, from a local standpoint. Uh, I love watching him play. So he, he's joined the league and replaced Vlad Tanko. Um, and they used to get about uh, on the on the big V circuit. And we used to Daddy Dragon. The, the big dragon Daddy Dragon. And he and he, uh, he moved away. <laughs> so now Plaza <laughs> uh, is the unofficial big Daddy Dragon. But um, we're stoked to have Gazy back. And he was it was in my opinion somewhat quiet. And seventeen points, so not a bad start. I wish I could have seventeen points and have a quiet game. <laughs> yes, he was a shave and really well together. Uh, he had seventeen points as well, and it was four from eight from deep. That's uh, that's well. an incredible Great effort. Really, really, really impressive. Sorry, hey, it really was. Uh, Elton Bland, he was he wasn't at either. Um, you know, inside he had finished with eleven and nine, but. It was just the movement from the koalas uh, um, offensive, offensively. They were they were really good. Uh, Mason Lee finished with 19. Andy Printania had 15. So that's kind of their big three. And um, 
yeah, they kind of they led that uh, koalas team. I thought Starkey, uh, sorry, I thought uh, Clarky, I should say, in patches was brilliant, uh, especially to the end. He he really up and, and you know got the help get those koalas fine. Look, um, Zach Jock was phenomenal. Uh, just his, you know, he doesn't register a lot on this on this stat sheet. He has four and five um, with a couple of blocks and a couple of assists. But he's he's that real motivational uh, voice on the court, and he's that he brings to the Koalas team. He really keeps them upbeat. And he's in in all honesty probably up there as one of my favourite players to watch at the minute because he just goes about it. He's out there to have a bit of fun and. Um, yeah, really impressive to watch. I, what are we going to start talking about Mason Lee for Steal the Draft? Because, uh, mate, Mason he, he's, Lee. He's, yeah, he's going to be right up there for for points uh, per game. And he's taken in, like, the third, fourth round. Like, um, his form is just incredible. Yeah, he's shooting the ball really well. He doesn't look like missing the majority of the time that he shoots the ball. So, and if he does, it just rims out. Um, but that's what you get. You get a, a, a still in the draft of someone who, you know, plays Big V. Um, you're definitely going to be up there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, another another player that might be talked about for that is Dil Jenk. He had uh, Delon Jenkinson, 19 points, 5 Delon. rebounds, 5 steals. Delon Jenkinson. Yeah, and that's it. And you're gonna you're gonna get up there and you know be shooting those numbers when you shoot so highly. Uh, he's at fifty percent uh, from, um, and just probably got some really easy shots at times. Uh, got a couple of O boards. Um, no, he didn't actually. He didn't get one. <laughs> but, <laughs> I love um, it. That's he, fantastic. He got a, he got a couple. <laughs> I swear that he did. Anyway, he uh, he got some really easy looks early on, and, and that kind of set the pace and. And he hit some, you know, really big dagger threes on on Gazy. So, um, yeah, I like this outfit. I like uh, what they're able to do. And uh, I think with the, you know, addition of Deal a couple of weeks ago, it's going to put them in good stead to to have a real crack final. They got other guys like Nathan O'Brien who are going to step up, no doubt, because uh, that guy, in my opinion, would be probably top five in the league for a, a point guard as far as facilitating is yep. concerned is such a clever passer yeah, and you know like this it just goes to show how deep this team is it's ridiculous uh and i think they go a long way to defending their title last season With that, um, oh. sorry mate i missed that Without Umbu, I think they're going to they could they could go back to back. I, I definitely think so. Yeah, they've got the the depth there to do it. Um, I think they're they're skilled enough at every position to be able to do that. Hundred uh, percent. I hate the idea of Mitch Gray going back to back in the Super League Championships. That just <laughs> that just that just makes me sad. He's going to let you know about it too. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I'm going to let him know about? Every single beer that I drink on Sunday at Sunday Sippers while he's at work. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's actually get to a, a quick break and uh, we'll come back and we'll, we'll discuss a little bit about Sunday Sippers as well as our trade of the week uh, and a couple other bits and pieces. Lincoln Scott at Biggin and Scott Real Estate is here to help with all your property needs. Whether you are selling, buying or 
or leasing your home in Berwick, Narry Warren, Beaconsfield, Officer, Pakenham and surrounding suburbs. Lincoln demonstrates exceptional diligence, drive, commitment and determination with 15 years experience. A genuine empathy for his clients and a true understanding of the magnitude of the decision they are making translate to an accomplished approachability. And in utilising his strong negotiating skills, Lincoln's primary focus is to reward his clients' trust with exceptional results, communication, attention to detail, and sharing his local knowledge, being a local resident all his life. Thinking of selling? Contact your local specialist, Lincoln Scott, at Biggin & Scott Real Estate today on 0423 486 285. Okay, and we are back, Tristan. We uh, we normally do this each week. We've got a we've got a trade of the week segment where we uh, suggest a bit of a trade uh, that may or may not happen. Um, we haven't been all that creative this week because we've got an actual trade to report. Yeah, we do, uh, and I'll, I'll let you. Uh read this one out okay um probably better for me to make comment on uh two team four player trade i uh, got thrown across your desk i i kind of sat this one out uh, <laughs> you had a bit of is that yeah that's because it involved your it, team um, correct correct i didn't want to seem to be double dipping or you know influencing anything um <laughs> So we left it in your capable hands. So if anyone's not happy, Dale said yes. <laughs> so the trade that, that went down, uh, we had Brady Hermans and Stefan Harris from the Bears getting traded to the yep. Toucans for Mitch Ryle and Jaden Hamilton. Um, yep. I kind of really like this trade. It was uh, It was very well done. Tell me why you like it. I want to know why you like it first. I like it. Okay, so so we're going to do a bit of a breakdown. I've already got Geordie's analysis of this, and uh, you know, according to the stats machine, which is Geordie, um, the 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 Bears lose this trade. But I actually sort of think it may work out pretty well for them. Um, you know, bringing in a terrific rebounder in uh, in Mitch Ryle and someone with a good set of hands, and someone who can finish under the basket, um, yeah, as yeah. well as Jaden Hamilton, who can who can knock a three down pretty reliably. Um, I think I think that serves them pretty well. It serves well serves you guys pretty well. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. That I think that's kind of the the main concern that. Greg was trying to identify just that from a defensive standpoint, uh, especially you know, under and around the bucket. Um, we've been under every game uh, and we've been outscored on quite heavily. Like uh, Mickey Ryle, you know, the team up with Greg and uh, Kiwi, Cam and Lee. That matter, some of the bigger boys. Worked really well. Um, you know, and we're probably a little top heavy as far as guards are concerned because, you know, the likes of me a little bit, but, you know, Lee and Brady and Steph, who, you know, can, can all, you know, control the ball and, you know, distribute the ball. It was kind of 
no-brainer. But yeah, look, it's I honestly, you know, from an outsider looking in, I can't just who's won this trade. I want to see this one probably play out a little bit. You know, don't get me wrong, as I, I really enjoyed playing with Steph and, and Brady. They're, they're two guys I haven't played with before. Um, yeah, I, I but I am pretty stoked to be working with uh, Mitchy Ryle and Jaden Hamilton in particular because I honestly do believe that Jaden Hamilton is pretty underrated um, and can be overlooked. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to you know finding him the ball a little bit more from a three uh, three point standpoint uh, and see what you know both those guys can contribute. I couldn't agree more. I, I was saying actually to the guys in the draft room on uh, draft night that you know Jaden Hamilton is someone who can reliably knock down a shot, and uh, he showed it last season with the Matadors. Uh, and I think yeah. you know, given given the right uh, team um, with people looking for him on the perimeter, I, I think he can do the same again. Um, yeah. For no, the I, I for agree. the two cans, uh, it's a it's an interesting one because they've they've got guys on the offensive end that are, that are very effective in uh, in in you know Big A Aaron Olchek as well as Logan Mills and a couple other guys like they've got a good list um, to bring in another really reliable couple of scorers in Brady and Steph. This team's probably going to be an offensive juggernaut. Oh, I mean, outside of the game on, on Tuesday night, um, Brady was, what, top five in scoring. So, um, yeah, yeah, and, you know, although, you know, and Steph will be the first to say it, he hasn't, he hasn't shot that well uh, this season just yet in Super League, but we all we all know that he can score. So, yeah, it's a little bit concerning in that, in that regard, looking at that firepower. Um, but I think if the Bears... Uh, if the Bears can, you know, play some you know, high IQ basketball with the inclusions that we have, um, it could be just as fruitful for, for us as it is for the, the two game. Yeah, that's why I really like it. it, it it's more of a change of tooling rather than anything else. And um, it gives both teams a different look and and a good opportunity for both teams to, to get some wins out of it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed with the uh, with both of the GMs pulling that trade. And, um, yeah, I look forward to seeing what it's going to be like for, for the both teams. Oh, now, sure. Tristan, we've, we're now four games in. Uh, at the start of the season, we, we talked about teams on paper, um, about, you know, yeah. which teams are going to look good, which teams are going to struggle, which teams may struggle, I should say. Um, yeah, we're now we're now four games into the season. We have only one undefeated team in the Cadinia Crocs. Um, yep. Only one team without a win in the Tainong Tornadoes. What are your thoughts now, uh, looking back on that on that first week, as to who's going to be sort of in the mix for a, a finals appearance? Well, it's always. Not concerned, but uh, you know the jury was out back, and um, I definitely think the way they're playing, they can play finals basketball. Um, so they're probably the one for me that stand out a little bit. Um, outside of that, um, you guys, I think I, I, I kind of expected you guys to be nearly um, on top uh, with with you know four wins. Uh, that's not the case, but. 
I see you guys coming back in in a um, in a you know strong capacity throughout the season. But in all honesty, like it's it's just so difficult. The numbers obviously are phenomenal, uh, and they did get pants by the cross. But they were missing, you know, Tommy Welsh. But I feel like that's a one-off game for those guys. It's an outlier. Yeah, game. yeah, spot on, spot on. Uh, but you know, it does it does kind of make a you know, make you think, doesn't it? Because on paper, or, or from what we've seen, the two best teams prior to would have the Mumbers versus the Crocs in the grand final, and the Crocs pants them. So, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting one. Um, you know, you've got to look at the likes of um, Ben Gage replacing Vlad Pankov. So the unicorns are, are definitely going to be definitely going to be up there. Coral and Camels. Is there another one? I think probably what I'm getting at is this is the closest competition thus far since uh, creating domestic Super League in 2018. So, you know, we're now three years in, and I think, you know, for the most part, we've got our formula right, uh, and we're going to have a very, very interesting run to finals. Yeah, I, I feel like... I feel like you're 100% correct. There's a, there's a lot of teams in the middle of this ladder, not many up the top and not many down the bottom. Um, and, it, you know, I, I think it's probably too early to, to call who makes the finals, but, you know, I, I see teams on this ladder which I feel might be overachieving and some that might be underachieving. I look at the Penguins. I think they've got two wins so far, but the losses that they've had have been quite, you know, uh, upsetting, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah. You look at the Bulldogs, they're, they're flying high with only one loss. Um, the Crocs obviously undefeated. The Kraken looking very promising, even though they're two and two. Um, so there's, you know, none of these teams that you look at and go, oh, I think they're going to be one of the teams. None of them have got a perfect record apart from the Crocs, you know. The Coraline yeah. Camels have lost three Quite games, and I think they're probably one of the better teams in this comp. Um, yeah, it's it's just go. crazy. It's uh, it's it's insane. And then, and then you yeah, even like you know might be being a little bit modest. But to look at you know a starting lineup of Kiwi Cam, Lee Belton, Mitch Ryle, you know uh, Greg Wise, and then either myself, Carpy, Ian, or um, Jaden Hamilton. You know taking that fifth spot. Um, you know that's not horrible either, especially once Lee gets going and. You know, we have we've had what two games with and two games with Cam uh, out of the four. So you know, I don't mind the, the Emerald Bears chances as well. Yeah, there's a, there's another one. Um, you know, they the Emerald Bears as a, a general rule make their ru- make their run late in the season, doesn't it? It seems to happen that way. Yep. Yep. For sure. <laughs> Uh, just let's so we we run a report Tristan before this podcast and the report is uh, top 10 statistics leaders for each round um, I thought I might yep. share it with the guys if it's of interest we can upload it um, if you're interested in this by all means let us know we can pop it on the page but uh, if we look at the top 10 uh, in each category we've got points um, Cooper Lanting leading all scorers for the round with 30, followed by Tim Morgan with 26, Matt Bray with 22, Jakey Begg with 21, Kurt Lazaro with 21, Mason Lee with 20, Logan Mills with 20, Dil Jenk with 19, DeLon Jenkinson, I should say, uh, Nick Spezza <laughs> with 18, and Lee Belton with 17. 
we won't break down every category, but the rebounds, Logan Mills led all rebounders with 18, followed by Mike Stewart with 14, Brad Starkey with 13, as well as Matt Bray. Uh, in the assist category, Craig Drew and Pete Davey led, uh, and Jeff Reed, sorry, led all uh, assist getters with five, followed by Tim Morgan, Sergio Dowskis with uh, four, Brad Starkey with four, Dil Jenk with four, Dave Morseman with four. Uh, turnovers, Carl Turkinen, Mike Stewart, Trent Reeford, Sean Webster all leading the way with five. Uh, the assist to turnover ratio, we probably shouldn't really do that, but uh, Craig Drew and Pete Davey leading that with five to one, and Jeff Reed also five to one. Uh, Steals, Dil Jenk with five, Joey Nativo with four, Pete Davey with four, Nick Spezza with four. Blocks. Who do you reckon won the blocks for the week, mate? Uh, uh, wow. That's Come on. Easy, it was, it was a rhetorical true. question. It was a rhetorical question. We don't question. even... It should just have one name on it, really. <laughs> that one. That one, Gav Trapnell. Five blocks followed by Tim. Tim Morgan with, uh, with two blocks. Get out. Uh, ben Gaze, Tom Daly, Zach Jock, uh, Cam Scott all having two boards for the round. Um... If we look at oh, the oh wicked, I made a I made a category for uh, top ten in one of our in one of our stats. That's wicked. Yeah, what was that fouls committed? <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Two point percentage, uh, Tim Morgan with a hundred percent, Kurt Lazaro with eighty five. That goes to big credit to him. He was just lights out on the on the driving um, in that round. Broderick Green with 80%, Sean Webster, Woody with uh, with 66.67%. Three-point percentage for the round, Dan Stowe, 83%. Get out of here. Uh, Justin Temby with 67%. Oh, Craig Walker don't with 67%. Don't be all wanker. Go back. Dan Stowe, 83%. Dale Taylor, 75%. Justin Temby, 66%. Yeah, flog. Just call your name out. You've highlight. Like I'm looking at the sheet, and there's only one name highlighted on the whole freaking thing. Yours. <laughs> You're a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> Overall field goal percentage. Broderick Green led all shooters for the round. I thought that was. I thought that was Dan Stowe, to be honest. But uh, uh, he he led all with seventy two point seven three. Sean Webster with his sixty seven percent, and then Kurt Lazaro with his sixty percent or sixty two percent. It's uh, it's an interesting uh, document. If you guys are interested in having a squeeze at it, let us know. We'll pop it up on the players group. Um. But for now, Tristan, I think that uh, pretty much wraps us up for the podcast. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we just quickly recap on the Sunday sippers? What's going on there? Yeah, oh, nothing too crazy. We're going to head down to the Cardinia Club uh, on Racecourse Road there, uh, just for a couple of quiet beers on the Sunday. Uh, everyone's welcome. Uh, yeah, head down whenever you want. We're going to. Well, we were going to be there from twelve, but I think. Back to about one DT, unless you're going to head down a little bit earlier. I'll be there uh, from 12. 12 or one. You be there from 12. I'll be there from one. Uh, and yeah, whoever's welcome, come for a beer, come for a feed. There's a playground there. Um, we can show you how you can lock your kids in it. We've been doing it, well, I've been doing it for years. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, watch a I think 
could be a little bit of footy. Is the basketball on that day? Let me have a I feel like it Where probably should be. That's uh, providing that's providing. Just talk amongst yourselves, everyone, just for a moment. So Thursday we have game four, and then we have. Yeah, we're not going to have a game. It is. It is. Who? We do Sunday. 11, game five. Eleven a.m. Game back to Phoenix. Well, I'll be there from twelve watching that. And Very good. Well, we'll uh, get down there. It starts at 11. Get down there at 11 and uh, get some basketball into you. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. That uh, that pretty much does the whole thing for this podcast. Thanks for joining us. We will talk again next week.